I'm Will. And I'm Luke. And this is Will and Luke Discuss. A vodcast. And podcast. Where we discuss content related to psychology, personal growth, self-development, and well-being. This This episode, episode, we're discussing Deep Work by Cal Newport. Rules for focused success in a distracted world. Distracted world. So, um, yeah, it's been a few weeks since we've been on the cast. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we're kind of, we're back and we thought we'd... um, Choose one that kind of goes in line with some of the other um, uh, topics we've covered, you know, stuff around you kind of like lifestyle design, organization. Um, I, I suppose just in general, we've kind of set up our environments, we've got our schedules, and now we're looking a bit more at kind of the, uh, the nitty gritty of like, how do we do the, uh, the deep work required to um, make good Good, good, good work and um, produce good outcomes with some of the, the content and writing and work that we're doing. Um, I think it, it's certainly something we're interested in. I think as well, it's uh, yeah, it was a, it was a nice, easy read with some good concepts. That I'm looking forward to to chatting. I think you might be in a better position to describe um, why we chose this book, and then we'll kind of get into the uh, the concepts. I think. Yeah, well, it's it follows on really nicely i think you and i both kind of implemented if not all of it then lots of parts from this tony robbins time of your life program which we did a podcast on and then david allen's getting things done <clears throat> and then this building a second brain they all sort of blur together into a a personal productivity system right and yeah, yeah. for me this was just like the next level like if you've got all that in place how do you really use your time wisely <clears throat> not just to get all the things done you want to get done but to really focus on what really matters to you so that you haven't just, you know, bought cat food and done all your admin, but you've actually come out at the end of your week feeling like, oh, I've really achieved something. I've got something to show for myself. I'm, I'm learning more and I'm being productive in a way that's actually adding value to, if, if not at least myself, then other people too. <clears throat> hmm. I think also off the back of doing digital minimalism, thinking about, you know, kind of uh, unnecessary distractions and how our attention is drawn away from the here and now. And then also kind of linking right. that a bit to Carpe Diem that we covered as well. Yeah. This kind of relates a lot to the, uh, the, the really focused work, uh, the <clears throat> focused attention required to do good work and to, um, you know, deepen ourselves into the the things that we we enjoy. I suppose a, a good place to start would be what his definition is of deep work. So I guess I'll, I'll read that out and then we'll expand on it. So um, he says, deep work is professional activities performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to their limit. These efforts create new value, improve your skill and are hard to replicate and it optimizes our performance. Yes. And uh, he says, uh, as and the opposing side of that is shallow work, which is mm-hmm. non-cognitively demanding, logistical style tasks, mm-hmm. often performed whilst distracted. These efforts often don't tend to produce much new value in the world and are easy to replicate. So there are two main main definitions. And I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty clear to me. And uh, I think it certainly yeah. gets you <clears throat> thinking about, you know, what, what is it that we we do the things we enjoy for and the tasks we enjoy and what's required of us to, to get the most out of those. Yeah. So for me, I guess hearing that it's like deep work is intellectually or cognitively challenging. Like it's hard, it's, it's difficult. And also it's, as you can describe distraction free. So like you're, you're, you're given a, a real long period of time without clicking on email or social media or, you know, doing the laundry at the same time, that sort of thing. Whereas shallow work's the kind of admin you can do whilst flitting between lots of different stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
And um, I guess he's, he goes off and said the deep work hypothesis is the ability to perform deep work is becoming increasingly rare at the exact time it is becoming increasingly valuable in our economy. Right. As a consequence, the few who cultivate the skill and then make it the core of their working life will thrive. So he, he kind of goes in the first chapter about, you know, why why this is so valuable because the world is becoming so um, so much more distracted and, you know, kind of puts that down a lot to technology. But um, it, it's it's rare that people are kind of very deliberate and undistracted in their practice, and we're often expected yeah. to kind of multitask and kind of be on the end of uh, the phone, end of instant messaging, and um, yeah, we find it harder to kind of block block out time to do specific things. Well, we kind of try and do too many things at once and spread ourselves thin. Yeah, some well, some of the ideas he puts out. Yeah, well, it stands out that technology is doing at least two things that are making. That, uh, having an effect on deep work. So one, as you just point out, <clears throat> having all the social media, instant messaging, email means there's far, or just having the web to browse, there's far more things to be distracted about. You need never be bored because you can always mm, distract mm. yourself with new content, which mm. just wasn't really the case before the internet. And so there's that. It's it's And because deep work, he says, is not just a habit, but it's actually a skill. It's like something like playing the guitar. You, you, don't, you can't just do it you actually have to practice and get good at it so there's all this stuff out there that makes it hard to practice and that makes us worse at it and at the very same time this same technology is automating all the admin jobs <laughs> so yeah. at, at the very same time it's harder to do deep work all the jobs that require shallow work are getting more and more automated and he's kind of predicting that eventually that they won't need we won't need human beings to do shallow work because it will all be pretty much automated and done with technology, right? So deep work's mm. going to be the only stuff left for us. So at the same time, it's becoming harder to do. It's becoming increasingly valuable in the marketplace. Interesting. Yeah. I think um, the bit that stood out to me in um, why he says like deep work is so rare and so valuable is that there's kind of a bit of an emphasis on people being busy as opposed to productive yeah. and all these like instant messaging and these uh, kind of like short, quick fixes like in the workplace and you know obviously the wider impact of technology is kind of making us seem like we're busier because we're responding to multiple things at one time but the actual out the end, end product isn't as uh i guess productive as it could be if we'd kind of you know yeah. as we'll go into some of the strategies like really focused in on like specific tasks and giving it our full attention in order to create the best work we yeah kind of i think that, that's something i've kind of noticed that people People see, feel like they're busy and they're doing a lot of tasks, but actually they're not. The output yeah. isn't particularly unique or valuable. I, uh, I think this was on a pad podcast I heard him speak on or something with someone, and they were saying, like, imagine, so we've now got email, right? And before that, we just used regular mail. Imagine when we had regular mail, people just sort of waited by their mailbox, checking it every few minutes <laughs> just to respond uh. <laughs> to the letters that were there. It, it would seem yeah. absurd. And I guess his point was that, no one, no one designed the way we uh, interact with new technology as um, efficient or productive or, or healthy or or inducive to happiness or a good idea. It's just like we just sort of fell to it, like the, as the sort of the lowest common denominator. It fell into mm -hmm. it, and it's not that things like emails necessarily made us more. Um, it's not like we just replaced mail with email. It's that we we've added loads of useless rubbish <laughs> into it, which we never would have posted anything about um, on a letter, for example. And it means that now we're just getting like inundated with with distraction 
mm. rubbish. Um, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's worth pointing out that he, the, uh, Cal Newport, wrote Digital Minimalism. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So, kind of, he, he's. Uh, I think Digital Minimalism probably builds off the back of this one. But uh, yeah. I suppose he's talking a lot about you know how we, um, you know, the, the, there's kind of like this acceptance that technology's taken over, and it's almost like we accept a level of distraction that isn't isn't good for us. And he's saying that there there is another way, and it's um, yeah also quite. Um, you know, not necessarily technology focused, but in kind of doing lots of shallow work and not doing any deep work that we you kind of like train your brain to kind of take the path of least resistance. And uh, yeah. it's a skill that requires uh, that requires training, I suppose. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That seemed really key to me because mm. he said that often people kind of assume that they can do it. They just sometimes don't set aside time for it. Right. But that's like saying, well, I can play the guitar. I just haven't really picked up before, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, we, he's, he's yeah. saying it's a re- no. You really do need to train in it. Like, um, he he offers this, um, not really challenge, but sort of um, stra- training strategy of like go on a walk, and he'll start off and start off with twenty minutes, and just try to concentrate on one problem you're trying to solve, whether it's. Mm-hmm. I don't know, let's say you're writing a paper, like you're structuring this paper in your mind on this walk. And each time you find yourself distracted by something else, just pull yourself back and let's see how that goes. And he's saying, you know, the first time you do it, your mind will just be all over the place. But within a few weeks, it's kind of like mindfulness in a way, but on a specific topic, you'll you'll mm. be able to like maintain your concentration for longer periods of time. He says, yeah, and that's kind mm. of crucial for any deep work to actually happen. And and also like train ourselves to kind of overcome our desire for distraction. Yeah. So that we're, we're very easily distracted by certain things, you know, kind of, uh, you know, eating and social media and TV. And like we're, we're, we're finding it harder and harder to kind of sit with ourselves and sit in silence and work through pro- problems. And it's, we're kind of so easily distracted. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd be, uh, I'd be interested to just kind of hear, hear some of the other thoughts you had about, you know, kind of the importance of, of, um, deep work you know what yeah. why why it's so meaningful um i know there's i can imagine there being a tendency of this conversation to drift towards the technology side of things so i'll try and uh try and uh redirect us if we, if we go too yeah, much no, down that track we, we've done a yeah. podcast on that so yeah, uh, yeah. i hear that um so i, I guess he's uh you know one thing i'll add to that so he's you know so deep work is meaningful and he says there's a neurological argument for depth he's saying that if we kind of uh what we choose to ignore and pay attention to greatly affects our lives um we think uh, sometimes we think too too widely on tasks and don't focus on kind of the uh, the nitty gritty day to day. And I think he's saying that if we if we got like, continually engage in deeper work, that's we build neurological pathways in in our brains to be less distracted and to um, to focus deeper. Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense to me. Yeah, if you're training your brain to do something, it's gonna. Uh, you know, neurons that fire together, wire together and all that. It's, it's going to, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Was there a question in that? I Yeah, no, not really. I think it was just something I thought was interesting. Like he kind of says there's like a neurological argument for it. There's like a psychological yeah. argument for it where he, um, he draws on um, that Mihai chick sent me high. Um, the guy who wrote flow that we, that we, we nice. covered. Uh, yeah, I got that right. This time. <laughs> <laughs> I spelt it terribly on my page, but I said it right. Um, he said, so he, you know, his definition of flow, which we, we've covered before, we you know like the best moments usually occur when a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. So I guess that makes me think, you know, kind of doing deep work is 
kind of being in the flow state really isn't it that it's um you're really kind of fully engaged in what you're doing so that kind of yeah. loss of self and really immersing yourself in the task you're doing yeah yeah well you, yeah you just you're sure i guess that's where it becomes like uh yeah we've talked about why it's rare and why it's um invaluable in the marketplace but yeah i guess here we're talking about why it's nice why it makes us happy why it feels good yeah. to do deep work it's, it's yeah. not just like oh you might make more money or be more likely to have a better job no it's, it's actually it's rewarding like it's internally fulfilling and i guess yeah if you um get good at it the idea is yeah you'd you'd induce these flow states um as you mentioned that we also covered the book flow and um yeah and that feels good people are most happy when they're in those flow states mm. he um he says that there's some uh there's like a philosophical argument for depth as well he says right. like that we are um he says it's not just about finding meaning but cultivating an already existing meaning within us and i think that's it's probably quite a hard thing to describe but i guess i was thinking about like when i was um when we were like a bit younger and there was less kind of i feel like there was less distractions maybe just less responsibilities mm -hmm. but like mm -hmm. i was able to kind of get, get into that into those kind of like mental spaces that felt a little bit more a bit more sacred a bit more peaceful a bit more undistracted like you know even if we're you know playing football up up the wreck we're just like totally immersed in that moment and i just feel like everything we did when we were younger was kind of in and of itself there wasn't like competing demands or we weren't thinking about being somewhere else when we yeah. were doing one thing at a time yeah. and i think that's just something you can get into a more kind of like yeah sacred deep meaningful space when you're just kind of really focused on doing one thing yeah. at a time it's, you know if you're having a a coffee with a friend and you're having a, a deep conversation with them yeah i guess this does yeah just to kind of explain this probably goes beyond work in a sense um or maybe i'm just broadening it to that but like sounds you know, like if you're having states more widely that you're talking about. yeah 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 it's yeah. sort of like you know if, if you are kind of having a, a deep conversation with a friend and you're you know not distracted by your phone and you're not wanting to be anywhere else and you're kind of mm -hmm. really paying attention that's more like that's good for us like philosophically like it's, it's good for it's good gives us kind of depth in all our interactions mm. constantly wanting to be somewhere else definitely yeah yeah yeah, I was I was thinking when you brought it up. What so? What is the difference between flow and deep work? But I think you've kind of nailed it there. That yeah, you can have flow without it being deep work necessarily. You can have flow playing sport or in mm. engaging a conversation where you're, you're not necessarily going to the crux of your intellectual and cognitive cognitive capacities, mm. but um, yeah, you know, you're on the edge of something that's keeping you really present and engaged in the in the here and now. And yeah, that's. Yeah, meaningful. It's um feels good. We always come out of those experiences being like, yeah, that was a good day. I think he um I think it might, might be good to uh touch on to you know part part two. He talks about the the rules of uh deep work. So I guess we've given it a bit of an overview about like why it's important and why it's rare and why it's valuable. Yeah. Um, so he kind of the book's in two parts, yeah. right? The first part yeah. he sells the idea to you. It's like this is why like you should do it. This is why it will be of benefit to like I guess your career and why no one else is doing it and why it will feel good and make you happy. Now, mm. sec part two, here's how to go about it. <laughs> part two, rule one, work deeply. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> quite fun. I think that the bit I liked about this, um, you know, the beginning of that chapter, is that he talks about like willpower, yep. um, that we, we kind of have, we have a finite amount of it. So it becomes depleted throughout the day. And it did make me think about, you know, 
how, how like throughout a day you're not always going to be able to have the ability to kind of put your full energy into absolutely everything you do. And I guess that goes back to something we spoke about another podcast about doing those kind of more routine menial tasks at certain points in the day, once you know where your energy level, um, I guess I'm relating willpower to energy level slightly, but um, he's saying that, you know, kind of by adding routines and rituals, we minimize the amount of willpower we have to use. And I'm not, I'm sure we've touched on that in another podcast by like, you know, kind of by, you know, choosing your clothes, you're going to wear the day before or packing your gym bag before you go to the gym. Right. You're removing like ro- road bumps um, and, you know, to, to decisions. You know, decisions. Yeah. You know, kind of if you, if you run into the gym and you haven't got all your bags ready or yeah. you're kind of rushing into work and you haven't got your lunch and there's so many, I know they're kind of like meaning examples, but it, by kind of giving yourself structure and routine, you give yourself a better chance of kind of uh, being ready to deepen when it's time. time yeah. To- it's like you're clearing your plate, right? Like that's a really good example of, yeah, <clears throat> the the administrative tasks, aren't they? Like pack your bag for the gym, make your breakfast and lunch, or whatever. And you, you can do that at the end of your working day when you've kind of zapped most of your cognitive energy. They're sort of simple tasks, but but if you do them in the morning instead, that's just taking yeah time and decision making capacity away from this this depth we're talking about trying to get into. I think that's mm. so. It's about yeah, I guess. Um, treating these deep work periods as, as sacred and really making space for them. And we need to recharge ourselves. Um, so we're ready to cut, to do the deep work. And I think that's where this, um, this book is really kind of asking you as well to look at like, what is your current lifestyle? What are your energy demands? What is the yeah. deep work you actually need to do? And then it kind of asks us to decide on a, a depth philosophy. So like to fit right. our specific circumstances. Um, and it was kind of interesting, like you were talking then about like, um, it's almost like we were we were morning people centric in what we were saying. <laughs> you know, right, it's kind of yeah, like yeah. Oh, you know, packing your bags, get ready for the gym in the morning, and you don't want to do that like first thing in the morning, or you know, you don't want to do you want to do the menial task late at night when you're tired. Like some right, people might right. be, yeah, some people might be totally different to that. So I definitely, guess it's uh, definitely, yes. yeah, and looking horses at your demands courses, as well. But yeah, you and yeah. I are morning <laughs> people, aren't we? I think we both have established that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, also thinking about, you know, what are your kind of um, your lifestyle demands? You know, if there's some people here, um, some people with kids, some people with um, two jobs or they do shift work or night work. Like there's so many different things to take into account. But he does go through like the different types of philosophies, um, you know, kind of ranging from taking a whole month off in the woods to kind of doing little like pockets of deep work. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah. before we just dig into that, I, I, you touched on something that I think is really important, which might not be immediately obvious. But so working days, let's, you know, take bankers hours sort of nine to five thing. That's what, like eight hours working day people sort of think of as a working day. But really, he's saying with deep work, like <clears throat> even a pro at deep work will max out by like three or four. And if you're new to it, you're thinking like 90 minutes is probably most you'll get out in a day of actual deep right, work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, <laughs> so you've, but he, you know, despite that, he's saying, you know, it's still so difficult for most people to fit that into a day, absolutely undistracted blocks of time like that. But, but mm. still we're not, we're not talking about a whole day of deep work here. We're talking about trying to find, um, yeah, a matter of like four hours max to, uh, yeah. And I think that's quite sort of in, encouraging in a strange way because um, I don't know. I definitely with I've sp- spoken to a friend who's um, a writer and editor, and I, I know with my 
my job as a psychotherapist, I sometimes and mentally compare myself to the hours some someone might work in admin or um, retail, and not to like diminish that work but like i sometimes think oh i don't work as many hours as they would and it's like well of mm. course you don't the work's different like that you won't have the capacity to, to do a certain type of work for that amount of time and this sort of um i don't know <laughs> like established for me that that was okay yeah exactly I, I know you've spoken before about like how you know how much like emotional energy goes into doing right. your job and like you could you know what what's the equivalent in a in another job, right. you know, so there's right. different levels of energy we're talking about here, aren't we? Yeah. As well, like your mental capacity, and this is where he's asking us to, um, you know, think about like uh, wh- where do you work? So the physical setting in which you work, for how long do you do that work, um, and wh- when you'll start, when you'll finish, how you'll support yourself through that. Like, do you need complete silence? Do you need to be able to kind of go and socialize every half an hour? to go and see people like it's yeah it, it sounds really varied in a way it's like what what really working out like what facilitates you doing your best work and i think again like broadening work as well you know with that's kind of even just reading or writing or when you're at a job like when it's time to do like um yeah. the, ca- the case notes for your job like how do you yeah. really zone in in those moments and free yeah. yourself and um and how do you replenish yourself in between those things you know, i'm thinking for you if you've got um, half an hour between between um, clients that you're seeing. Like, how yeah. do you recharge yourself in order to kind of dive back into that deep work? Yeah. And how do you make sure by the fourth the fourth client of the day, like you've still got that same uh, energy to give, yeah. and same yeah. um, same willpower, I suppose, to kind of give the best to yourself and do the best unique work you can, yeah. despite it being the fourth person of the day. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So it's, it's it's actually really interesting. It gets me thinking. Even like as I was reading the book. Like my phone would go off, and I'd check my phone. <laughs> did you find? I don't know if you found that, but I, I kind of like to chuckle to myself a little bit, or like kind of get halfway through a chapter and check my email. And I think I'll, it kind of goes back a bit to, you know, when you're you're packing to go on holiday, and it can take yeah. like either three hours if you do it, or yeah. it can take 30, 30 minutes if you actually do it. <laughs> Parkinson, <laughs> I think I, yeah. Parkinson's law. I think that's called, cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's taught, he talks a lot about it, and Tim Ferriss talked about it, didn't he? Four-hour work week. Mm. <laughs> you just actually kind of get on and do it. And I think yeah. this is what another benefit of this um, system is saying that, like, you're actually going to free up a lot of time. Like, you're going to, you can probably get things done a lot quicker mm. if you're distraction-free, and you can, you're going to be more productive mm. than busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd be interested to kind of uh, go through the um, the four philosophies. So the first one is the yeah. uh, monast- monastic philosophy. So that is uh, what he describes as eliminating or radically minimizing shallow obligations. So um, kind of doing one thing at a time, taking a whole month off. So it's good for time pressure things with deadlines. <clears throat> um, and he's saying, you know, you get, this is something you like you psychologically commit to, and you can consider doing grand gestures like going on a big trip or doing what uh, J.K. Rowling did, like go and lock herself in a hotel in Edinburgh for six weeks or, um, you know, you can do some quite novel things, just bugger off and get it done. So that's kind of the the grandest one. For a long amount of time, shaping your entire lifestyle to facilitate deep work, basically. And that might mean going to a new location, away from everyone, turning off all technology and like really zoning in for like, yeah, perhaps months on end. So it's it's probably yeah. the one that 
you know, people are at least going to be able or realistically do, but it's kind of like, you know, the, the people who are serious about big work, like you say, JK Rowling, or it reminded me of the shining, you know, he goes off to a hotel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't, yeah, yeah. Doesn't get much done, but um, uh, yeah, it's like, you're really taking yourself off somewhere to, to get yourself in the right frame of mind just where there's no distractions. Yeah. For, for, for some people, that's just exactly what they need. Other people, that's just not even, they couldn't even, Think yeah. about doing that. Yeah. Like, I can't yeah. just leave my, my family and my <laughs> job for a month. But it's it's worth considering. Like I think some people can be, um, you know, they're not willing to kind of even acknowledge that as an option. But it could be a case of you know you could have like um, you know a week away or something or two weeks away. Um, that might kind of move into um, another one of the philosophies. But it's uh, mm. it's worth considering. Like if that works for you and whether you do just need to take like two like a month off work or take two months off. And, you know, I guess four hour work week would kind of uh, play into that a little bit, yeah. you know, kind of some of the strategies there thinking about like, how can you kind of have these mini retirements to work on other meaningful things or other yeah. projects you want to work on? Like, is it, is it possible for, you know, for example, like I'm going to probably start studying again next year. Like, is it, am I better off just kind of like taking annual leave for four weeks and just doing all my assignments in one go <laughs> or uh, do, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, what, yeah. what, what, what ability do you have to kind of uh, maintain all these different projects at one time? Sometimes it's uh, better to do them differently. I know. Um, I see what you mean. Like before just writing it off. Cause you're thinking, well, my lifestyle wouldn't allow that. It's like, well, you know, just stop and think like if there is something important to you, maybe once in your life you want to write a novel or, or write an album or something. And you know, you know maybe that would take, just constructing an amount of time to take yourself away at some point. I know um Jay Jay Shetty, um, who I, I think you might have heard of some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um he he does um from what I remember, he said so he he does like videos, he does podcasts, he does yeah. like one-on-one coaching, and he'll tend to do like one whole week and do all his videos in one week. And then oh, yeah. he'll do like one whole week and do like a whole week of writing. And then one whole week and he'll do like two podcasts a day for a week. Or right. you know, I, I might be, you know, kind of a maybe slightly misquoting him, but that's the general gist. Yeah, like yeah. he does blocks of time to do specific tasks as well as, yeah. yeah so he kind of gets all them all done in one go and then like drip feeds them out. <laughs> that's great. It keeps, yeah. I, and although that's, uh, we're talking on a grander scale here. I can really relate to that just in my day-to-day life because out of mm, the back mm. of uh, getting things done and building a second brain, like my stuff's pretty streamlined, but I still end up with a, a daily to-do list which isn't well-structured. And, and each time I find myself a block of free time, I'm having to scan it. And then my head's going in like 12 directions as I'm considering all of them and thinking which one to do next. And and that's exactly not <laughs> deep work, right? And it's it's like maybe just really splitting them away. Well, which ones of these are deep and which are shallow? Taking all the shallow ones, making sure they're all necessary for a start, perhaps cutting some of them and just deciding I don't want to do that anymore. But and and then just blocking them off. So I'm not I'm not dibbing in and out of shallow work multiple times a day, but it's like, well, I'll just set aside an hour and do all my admin, you know, at the end of the day and and because sometimes I get up, you know, let's say before I've seen my first client, I'll look at this list and it's tempting to get yourself what feel like the quick wins. So it's like, oh, I can tick that box off quite quickly if I do this or I do the next one, yeah. it's easy. Yeah. And then like you're getting a dopamine hit each time. But really it's it's not the stuff that when I look back at the end of my, you know, day, week, month life it, that I'm really going to care about. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that, that's, yeah, this book's really got me thinking about that. Like, what 
what do I, how do I batch my shallow work into all in one go, basically, so I'm not distracted with yeah. it throughout the day? And where do I prioritize the deeper work I want to get on with? He definitely talks about that in this book about like, yeah, kind of batching those things together. And it does, it makes me think about the, um, the time zones in the Tony Robbins program. Yes. And yeah. I remember like, what's the, like the, uh, urgent, but not important. Yeah. And the, you know, yeah. that, that section where it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you do need to kind of go shopping. You do need to kind of do some, I don't know, taxes or daily financial exactly. stuff or yeah. whatever, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you streamline that for yourself yeah. in order to free up space for, um, deep work because those things are kind of relatively shallow you know kind of like admin based tasks that don't uh isn't what you're going to kind of want read out of your obituary that what you did with your life you know Um, and sometimes they are important in terms of like they're necessary in order to you know you you have to do your taxes if you're if you don't want to go to prison and you're a freelancer or whatever but like yeah there is there's ways to make it as as you say streamlined as possible and to batch it in a way that you're not drip it feeding it just all this like r- random bits of admin that you I w- i'm sort of finding myself doing in little chunks of time throughout the day and it's kind of like mm. reading this book i'm like nah, that's probably not the best way to do that um no i'd rather no. have that larger chunk of time completely undistracted where i focus on something important perhaps once all that energy is drained save the easier admin tasks for after that later on yeah 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 um it leads a little bit onto the second philosophy, which is the bimodal philosophy. So saying like taking breaks and retreats for space. So dedicating clearly defined time and leave the rest to everything else. So typically um, right. a day or days at a time. So okay. you know, kind of going, having a couple of days off to go and smash out this project or, yeah, you know, like so or a whole day. A bit just, more realistic for a wider array of people here rather than months yeah. at a time. We're talking a day or two at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, um, which I think, uh, I think people think they do, but they might spend those days or two like quite distracted. Yeah. Be like, oh, today I'm going to finish this assignment, but they end up like, you know, I'm talking about myself here sometimes. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm going to going to finish like a whole assignment in a day. I'm going to finish like the book we're reading for the podcast, but then I kind of end yeah. up like drawing it out over way too long or it sort yeah. of doesn't get finished. And um, I guess the part is, you know, it's kind of like it's, yeah it's like taking clearly defined time so it's almost kind of blocking out specific time for this free from distractions like treat yeah. treating it as if it was um i guess if it's a non-work related task like treating it as if it was work or something yeah like, so yeah, <laughs> yeah if you need resources download it beforehand and just turn the internet off and turn your put your phone on airplane mode or whatever stick it in a drawer like really you're still thinking that monastic way but it's just you know, a day is not, or it's not necessarily, you're not taking yourself out to the woods for a few months, but you're still wanting to treasure that time and see it in the same sort of way on you. Mm-hmm. Then there's the, uh, the rhythmic philosophy, which is that he says, uh, developing a consistent habit of starting, starting deep work. So you don't need to decide when to do it. So the whole like, uh, James clear thing around, like don't miss twice. Right. So kind of like he says, like, do the work every day, put it on the calendar, set a starting time or things mm. around like, you know, write, write four or five pages a day. He says like with no time scales, if you don't have time scales for a certain project, this one's really good. You kind of keep yourself accountable to doing like, right. yeah, what one hour of this, uh, this project today, even if it's like, you know, painting the house or something, it's like, right, I'm going to do every morning for half an hour. I'm going to do, do half an hour's worth 
worth of painting or something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do half an hour of writing. I'm going to read one chapter, like trying to give yourself like set things to do when everything kind of feels up in the air, which I, I think, um, which I found quite useful. Like sometimes if like we got like a podcast on the go and then I've got some other, um, I know online courses for my volunteering or there's multiple things going on. Sometimes it's kind of a matter of just like keeping yourself accountable to mm -hmm at least doing something to move that forwards, even if there's not a specific deadline to be working. Mm. Yeah. This, um, I heard Jordan Peterson talking about when he was writing this book maps for maps of meaning. And he he, he talked about, he described it as, uh, I stole three hours of my day every day for a, a, a few months to do it. He was like, mm, I got up mm. at five <laughs> and he was like, and he was like, I, I mean, I stole it. Like my family needed me, my work needed me, but <laughs> I like, <laughs> I locked myself away between like, um, you know, half five and half eight in the morning. No one could contact me. And three hours a day, I set myself to task and writing this book. And um, yeah, it just popped into my head. It's, it's just this, I giggled because I forgot what you called it, but it sounded like the rhythm method. Uh, yeah, the ryth rhythmic <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not talking days at a time anymore. We're talking like, you know, that this is the ninety minutes to four hours a day thing, right? You're finding that time where you're committing to it, you're blocking it out, and it's it's not all day. You're not necessarily taking yourself to the woods. That you're um. You're, you're sticking to this uh this way of working something i try and do like when i plan my week out i see like pockets of time i'm like okay that's like um i guess i might be a bit more like the final one but you know in terms of like i'm planning like each like in that time i'm going to do some deep work and really kind of shut yeah. off and do that specifically um the, the final it's treating it with yeah. respect right like if i've got a yeah, client yeah i'm not uh, I'm not just going to like check my email <laughs> in the middle of a session, am I? Like uh, that's it's comical to think I would do that, and it's just treating your the own your own bit of deep work with the same respect you would if um, yes. you were you were meeting a client. Exactly. Yes, I think it's we we kind of presume that if uh, if we're not being watched, that it doesn't count. Like I was right. going to say, like, <laughs> yeah. kind of almost like imagining your boss was in the corner of the room, like watching you do your work right. or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're just kind of reading a book, it's like keeping yourself accountable to yourself mm. and that personal integrity around like saying you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Mm. Um, yeah. The, uh, the, I guess the, the final philosophy um, is the journalistic philosophy. So this is like whenever you can find free time, dive in. You can rapidly switch into deep mode between other things. It's not easy; it requires confidence. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I think it's hard to imagine doing deep work without kind of getting like a little lost slightly. <laughs> like you kind of that, that just feels like it requires time. But some people, I suppose, are able to like. I guess you gave an example of like I think a guy like while is a. Whilst his baby was sleeping, he'd like run upstairs and <laughs> write a quick chapter of his book, and then run back downstairs. And whilst yeah. whilst the lasagnas in the oven, run up, run upstairs and read a chapter. And like I don't know, you know, it's all. I think he you got to emphasize that this is called the journalistic philosophy because this is for people who have really already got deep work nailed and they're really confident at what they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so like if you haven't, like like you say, there's no chance you could just dive in when the, your lasagna is in the oven and start writing like the first chapter of a novel you've never started or done before in your life like this is this is someone who knows how to deep work who has 
confidence with their skill, like whether it's, let's say it's writing, you know, and so they can just switch into that mode. Um, but it's going to sound the most tempting to the majority of people, but it's going to be the least probably possible for the majority of people because you have to really get good at it first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of, it sounds like idealist. Yes. Yeah, one of the things I can imagine, like you could think you were doing it, but yeah. you weren't. Like if, if, <laughs> yeah. you did it ba- if you did it badly, it's kind of just like where you were in the first place. Right. Exactly. Before you did all of this. Yeah. yeah so. Cause it sounds the closest to most people's lifestyles already. Right. But actually yeah. it's really not like you, these people have probably gone through the monastic phase to get good enough to be able to, like yeah. just jump into deep work in a moment's notice mm. for most mm. of us. It's, that's like, you know, that's a real skill. It's a virtuoso deep worker. Virtual, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd be, I'd be interested just to talk a bit about, um, I suppose, like what, what are some of the other kind of tips and tricks and advice you feel like you picked up from this book? I know the, the other three chapters are around kind of embracing boredom, quitting social media, draining the shallows. So there's kind of like a few other ideas in there. I'd be just curious yeah. to hear which ones are, you uh think you already implement or you would like to implement from this um well i won't i won't stick on it because yeah that rule three quit social media is pretty much expanded into the book digital minimalism which we've already covered but yeah yeah, i mean i don't have any social media so uh, that's a distraction i don't i don't have but yeah i definitely fall into that trap of just checking things checking the sports pages checking my email um Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably at the, what I would want to do, which, yeah, what I plan to do, let's say, is really lock out some sacred blocks of time, which I do treat in the same way I would seeing a client Mm -hmm. where I am setting myself a particular um, task at hand. And I think why I've struggled with that is because I don't, I haven't recognized probably before reading this book, the like my mental capacity in day. So it's like, if I, on my to-do list at the moment, it might have a bunch of admin, blah, blah, blah. And it might have something like, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making a website. So like writing my philosophy of psychotherapy (laughs) for, um, uh, my website. So that's, that's, oh, I'm looking at my to-do list. That's a piece of deep work. It's not, it's not a bit of admin. It's not putting numbers in a box. It's actually, I need to concentrate and think, so, but the I so I might that have that on a daily to do list, but on that day I might have I don't know four clients or something, and mm, it's like mm. the idea that I'm going to get to five o'clock with having seen four clients, chipped away at my admin, and then just dive into that. It's like I think I tell myself I probably can, but when it comes to it, I never can. Like that's just unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. And it's not because I don't have the physical time in the day necessarily, but it's because I'm. Sort of cognitively wiped, and it's the kind of thing I need to treat as just as, um, you know, difficult and prolonged a task as as a psychotherapy session. And yes, so, yes. Um, yeah, for me, I guess what I will think about more is when I have these daily did to do lists, really thinking about which ones are deep. And um, he talks about locking those into your calendar because. Um, we touched on earlier this idea of if you give yourself a day, you you, you were saying like, well, most people probably think they do that and then don't actually do it, right? Is that like, well, why why is that? If you're going to work for a day, obviously you're going to have breaks at some point, right? You've got to eat, you've yeah. got to go to the toilet, you've got to refresh your mind, get some fresh air. But if you don't tell yourself when, 
then you can just do that. You, why not now? Yeah. <laughs> why not immediately? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I was going to Hoover today, well, I could do that right now. Um, so unless you kind of plan your day and block in those times, you haven't really got any reason not to drop what you're doing to say, mm, take a break. Mm. And so yeah, I think yeah. that, that, that scheduling is a good idea, which is counter to David Allen's getting things done where he says only schedule things in the calendar, which are definite things that can't be moved to any other time. Yeah. Like appointments. I, I think it's, it's, it sounds like it's, um, yeah, side around keep keeping yourself accountable as well to the, like yeah. if it's in your diary, then it's, it's difficult. It's kind of slightly contrasting from his, but I, I feel like there's a real importance here in kind of treating treating anything that you're, even if you're not being paid for it, like treating it as if it's work, right? And and even treating your relaxation time the same way as well. Like my uh, mm-hmm. my partner um, like schedules in like time to herself, you know, like yeah. a specific time yeah. like in her calendar, like to herself to relax and have space. Yeah. Right? I kind of yeah. I kind of didn't really think about that until until she said it, but it's uh. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, like, one of the things he says is like, uh, like scheduling every part of your day, like being really like strict and stringent. Mm. I, d- I kind of didn't know if he was like saying that to kind of be, to like be bold and make a point or whether he was like being dead serious about like, yeah, like every minute of your day plan out. But, um, for some people that doesn't work. Um, I'd imagine. Yeah. Well, I think if I get him right, I think he was saying schedule every part of your working day. Working day. Um, yeah. and not, so you have to stick to it. Like if, if, you know, things will come up, which you just have to readjust to. And, and he was saying, you know, like, as that comes up, it, think about your day as blocks of pieces, like pieces on a chessboard. And it's like, okay, you wake up in the morning, here are the pieces at play. Where would you put them? And he's like, and put them on the board, you know, put everything in each place. Mm-hmm. As, and when things, you know, new things come up, um, something takes longer than you thought it would and you decide I'm in flow. I want to crack on fair enough, but then the other pieces have to be rearranged. And he says, that's fine. Mm. He's, he's not saying you have to stick to it, but okay, you're giving yeah, yourself yeah. good reason to move things rather than like, mm-hmm. I'm feeling peckish, but I didn't schedule in when I was going to have lunch. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah. If you kind of feel like you've gotten really deep into something and then yeah. something, um, something, I guess, less important or more shallow has to give, I guess you don't feel yeah. as bad as kind of, if you were like, Oh, I just kind of couldn't be bothered or I was yeah. hungry or, you know, just some, something else gets in the way, kind of, yeah, giving yourself good excuses to move things around. I like that as opposed to kind of um, shallow excuses. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he talked about having a ritual of ending the day as well. So it's like, you know, once I like you that. close up, he's like, give yourself a ritual of like putting everything to bed. So closing all the open loops. Um and that doesn't necessarily mean doing everything, but sort of in a in a David Allen getting things done way, just like have them somewhere. They're in a calendar, they're on a to-do list, they're sort of wrapped up. You know that your future self will handle them. Mm-hmm. And then just don't don't do any more work for the rest of the day. Don't check your email after that time. Let's say it's five o'clock, your cutoff time. Once you have that ritual and you put it to bed, like he's he said it's really important just to have free mental space it's it's almost like sleep it's rejuvenating and mm-hmm. good yeah I, th- I think he says like give give room to be like lazy and allow yourself to like recharge and mm. think uh and also he talks a bit about like um giving like what you're saying back about that the walking thing like giving yourself time for like your subconscious to kind of like work things through and 
Um, we don't always have to be kind of like working on this like really high conscious level. Like sometimes we could just kind of uh, give space. And I think that's what he's talking about, like with with boredom as well, like giving your brain yeah. space to kind of work things through. Okay, so I think they were slightly different, and I, th- uh, some, I think they're important. Mm. So, uh, so one was like uh, a form of deep work where where you're not sat or you're not in front of computer now paper but you might be on a walk and, and you're training your brain to stay on a specific topic so, yeah. so this was like a training exercise right? right doing scales on your guitar or whatever you're, you're training your brain to be able to concentrate on a difficult task for a longer and longer period of time mm-hmm. um versus allow it say going on a walk for a different reason just to allow your mind to go wherever it wants right that's which is they're both good things, but they serve different purposes. One's to train yes. your deep work and one's to give yourself that mental freedom to rejuvenate. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, yeah, good, especially in between like cognitively demanding tasks, giving yourself that space to, you know, it gets, gets me thinking about like what, what refreshes me in between tasks. I remember when I was working yeah. at home last year, like what would I do? Like my lunch breaks were really important, like a chance to kind of like get out of the house and, yeah like recharge there's something it does to your brain when you kind of you've had a bit of space you kind of you feel more ready to kind of get back into the task whereas if you if you're kind of constantly going from one thing to the other and not finishing things and it can be a lot harder yeah 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 definitely yeah I, i've been surprised at so sometimes um i would get to the end of like a working day feel pretty wiped and i just sort of thought that was it like i I just kind of had to feel wiped for the last few hours of the day and then go to bed um and then i i started like so some i started doing some exercise then and then suddenly for those last few hours i'd feel a lot better and it Mm, was like mm. counterintuitive because i thought i was tired but i was tired in just a different way i was brain foggy i couldn't really think i was like sluggish and so the idea of physically exercising was like well I, you, i'm just gonna feel awful <laughs> but i actually came out feeling like amazing went for a swim and i was like oh suddenly these last few hours i can you know i can be alert and and, and enjoy it again that's yeah it make, makes you think about um s- sleep as well it says like sometimes yeah. having like a little pa- power nap after work give yourself oh, yeah. the rest of the day yeah think about like those final three hours of the day after i guess a normal working day yeah and he does talk about a um the <clears throat> you know we, we often think that like we we kind of need to like slow down towards the end of the day, but he's saying like human beings, what's he say is like, uh, we don't realize the potential of the other 16 hours of the day, like <laughs> fill them. We're, we're meant to be busy. Like yeah. go, I think go, go, like go hard and fill your time and plan, plan your leisure time as well. Yeah. Like make yeah. sure you fill it to the, br- I think those, those days where I'm just like, it feels like life is so busy and I'm just yeah. like doing all these like deep, like deep things. And there's no kind of a, uh, not that there's no space, but it's kind of like it's uh I'm filling those hours that could easily be spent just in front of the TV or just being lazy mm. or something. But um I, I do like that he says that that leaves you feeling more relaxed and more refreshed when you've mm. kind of pushed yourself harder. I found that kind of a an interesting level of encouragement, I suppose, to be given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it really he really padded that out in digital minimalism, didn't he? The idea mm. of like really doing meaningful leisure time as well it's not necessarily deep work but it's it's well maybe it is sometimes it's learning a new skill or it's um joining a book club or a football team whatever something that's social and important to you perhaps i mean yeah we, we kind of think that like works it and that actually there's so much more time to do all these other areas of deep work we can do and mm. we'll actually 
you feel more recharged after deep work than drained. I guess mm, this is main. Mm. This is main. Uh, main output. Yeah, uh, main claim. Yeah, and I, I think I get that. There are times where I've, yeah, let's say, done some sport or exercise after a tiring working day, and I find that I will sleep much better and then wake up much more rejuvenated than I would if mm, I'd have just mm. spent the rest of the day kind of what I would yeah. have called chilling out, lying around, not doing much of anything. I've, I've found that as well, like since uh, I guess Melbourne's been in a lockdown for quite a long time. Um, I'm kind of missing like the gym and it kind yeah. of, in terms of like how that gives me energy in my working day and then I'm sleeping better at night time and just like the routine of getting up in the morning. Like, it's just all like without that, I definitely feel like I've been, my brain isn't firing in the same way as it, mm. it was when, mm. when that's kind of happening. So it's, uh, yeah, thinking about the things that rejuvenate you and energize you and actually doing them rather yeah. than taking the path of least resistance, which would be. Yeah, you know, playing on your phone or watching too much TV or yeah, getting the 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 third takeout for the week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, any any kind of final thoughts or things we haven't spoken about? You wanted to um, one reflect? thing that yeah. was still on my mind that felt important was although we've defined deep work, it's kind of on a spectrum, right? And he had this section on like how can you really tell if it's deep work or not. And he gave a rule of thumb, which is like, if you had to give this task that you're about to do to um, a you know, pretty intelligent um, grad student, so you know, someone early 20s, they've, they've, they're fairly clever, they've just finished a degree, like how long would it take them to learn how to do this task you're about to give them? Mm. And that, that gives you a sort of ballpark for how deep it is or not. You know, if they, if you could train them up to do it in an hour, it's probably a fairly shallow task, right? Where if it would take them yeah, a few months just... to learn how to do this <clears> thing, then you, then you're talking, okay, so yeah, this kind of counts as deep work. Um, I thought mm. that was quite helpful. Good gauge. Yeah. Kind of like checking in on yourself about like, what, how deep is what I'm doing? Like, and how much time you're spending on it and yeah, also just like, getting, getting sort of better at streamlining how deep the yeah. work is. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's, it's kind of back to like, yeah, also like just streamlining those really simple tasks, like just send like, like quick, quicker emails and send like quicker. They, I think he talks in his book <laughs> about like how, um, like what kind of become hard to reach sometimes. Like that's yeah. one of his things as well. Like, you know, make people who send you emails do more work, like make them become more specific and become more specific when you email other people Yeah, or yeah. just like, or just like don't respond, which is quite funny. I he got well Tim Ferriss in that chapter, didn't he? I loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like <laughs> well, just <laughs> it was just just don't treat don't treat email with the it, it's somehow these cultural norms and assumptions and expectations have just evolved with the technology, which no one really signed up to or agreed to, but they're here. And it's just like some mm. of them are like you just yeah, <laughs> you don't owe anyone a response. It's if it's so easy for people, just anyone to reach out to you, like you might mm. just decide this doesn't <laughs> like this, this, I'm not interested. This is too vague. I'm just not going to respond. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was it, it does like all, all this stuff is definitely makes you like question the role of, I guess it does ask you like, you know, your, your tool selection, like yeah, yeah. what, what are like the distracting <laughs> things? Like is email distracting is text? Like, it kind of just sometimes it makes you just want to be like, oh, I just don't want any of it. It's all just yeah. away. <laughs> it's like, I oh, think about like, what is it? If you took it all away, yeah. what would you bring back in purposefully? I guess we're, yeah. then, then we're in danger of kind of starting to talk about digital minimalism again. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, it's uh, 
Marie Kondo, your digital life. <laughs> yeah, Marie. <laughs> nice. We can make one big title going out of all the boxing reds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I th- that's kind of everything I, I wanted to cover. I, I kind of enjoyed hearing hearing some of your personal examples. Um, nice. I guess for for me, the, the main personal example, I was, mm-hmm. you know, there's obviously quite a few, like, you know, I'm kind of reading and doing a lot of writing and mm-hmm. um, even just kind of like getting back into socializing again, just like trying to just be with people entirely and stuff. Um, something I'm obviously working on like my level of presence after being kind of you know not going out as much but um i certainly think like at my work we kind of often go and see people then we come back and do case notes and there's mm-hmm. times where it's like oh you could spend like you know an hour doing a case note but you kind of you're distracted or you're kind of um you know either checking emails or talking yeah. with other colleagues and you know all, all these things can be like useful and have their purpose but it's yeah, kind of yeah. like, oh, could i is there a way of kind of doing all those things separately so when i'm doing the face-to-face i'm doing the face-to-face when i'm yeah. doing the notes i'm doing the notes when I'm uh, asking my colleagues questions about X, Y, Z, I'm doing that, you know, so it's not yeah. kind of a, nothing. it can, it can sometimes like just bleed into each other apart from the face-to-face stuff, but it can often, it's just that, that task switching it. I think it's a, it's a lot harder to task switch than, than we think. Um, yeah. I definitely relate presume, to that. Like yeah. in uh, an open office, at an agency I work at where it's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> trying to write notes there whilst there are other people around it's like i'm i'm having low quality conversations and doing slow low quality notes at the same time for a long for a long amount of time and you're, you're right it's like oh if i just put myself in a private room i can do a high quality notes in a short amount of time and if i want to sit in the office and chat to people i can actually look at them and engage and we, we can listen to each other properly rather than half sort of chit-chatting whilst yeah it's yeah. Multi, multitasking on the shallow stuff it's just it takes up too much time it's not worth it for me yeah deep work all or nothing <laughs> <laughs> well now that, that, that would go against his uh his uh in deciding your depth philosophy some of it is a you can find balance so uh yeah <laughs> but um no that, that's that's guess my personal example um nice. i just want to kind of just let you know before we wrap up but uh yeah 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 you've asked me about any final takeaways um i guess that was your final example do you have any final key takeaways for you it just makes me want to kind of get back into my uh, good phone habits of like leaving my phone outside the room when I'm reading or like, mm-hmm. you know, or just kind of turning off um, notifications or it just makes me want to do one thing at a time more. I think that's probably mm. my main takeaway. That, yeah, that's I just great. Wanna, great. Yeah. Which, which is good. I, I suppose I'm just going to kind of keep, keep trying to do that and minimize distractions and kind of see how I can implement that in, in the workplace and how I can find uh, implement that outside of work as well. Like even kind of a, going to the gym today like um you know like that's that's sometimes i like kind of having a workout where you know i make a, a phone call or play on my phone whilst i'm working out but i'm like is that really like the the deepest workout i could be doing you know I, <laughs> is this is this taking an hour and a half instead of an hour or something okay yeah 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 just uh, i guess i'm just broadening what he puts says as work itself i'm just kind of yeah apply yeah. applying this to every area of my life I suppose so. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, yeah, you're you're kind of wanting to be in the moment, doing one thing at a time, in in areas, yeah, broader than even deep work. But mm. could be study, study coming up, or you know, yeah, face to face interactions. Yeah. 
All right. So the uh, the next podcast we'll do will be coming up on screen <laughs> now. He says unless, as you realise we haven't decided what it is. We haven't decided. So like, who knows? Depends how quick you edit this. But uh, it'll either be up or it won't. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. But um, nice oh, good to chat again, mate. Nice to be back on the cast after, what was it, about six weeks? Or Something eight. like that. Mm. It's been a while. So um, yeah, nice to, nice to chat with you, mate. Yeah, it's good stuff inspired right. to crack on yeah just do one thing at a time yeah. <laughs> focus <laughs> yeah, yeah. alright mate chat to you soon see you later bye bye, bye.